Hi, hello everyone. Hi everyone. Welcome to Podbytes. This is Podbytes episode number four. Hi, hi, hello everyone. Welcome to Podbytes. Can you hear me well? I'm Valentina Kaladina. We are live on Castbox every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Podbytes is a live interactive show where we talk about podcasting. This is episode number four. For questions and comments, please call or text. It would be great to hear from you guys. Okay, can hear you fine. Uh, welcome everyone. Welcome CJ, welcome Will, welcome Farabi, Shirley, Joe. Yeah, welcome everyone. I'm Rita, welcome, welcome. Good to see you guys. This is Podbytes. In Podbytes, we invite investors, podcasters, and other key opinion leaders to share their insights into the future of the podcast industry. The show is recorded live and uploaded as a podcast episode afterwards. You guys can engage with other listeners and guests by dialing in or writing comments in real time. You can also send virtual gifts to the host to support the show. You guys can find previous episodes of the show in replace. A week ago, we were joined by Rob Walsh, VP of Podcaster Relations at Libsyn. Rob is a host of the award-winning podcast 411 and also a host of Today in iOS podcast, the first and largest podcast about the iTunes. Rob has consulted on podcasting for Jack Welch, Tim Ferriss, and eBay. And the most importantly, Rob was inducted into the Podcasting Hall of Fame in 2016. We were talking about podcasting trends, investments, advertising, and various types of content creators. To find this episode, just search for Replace for Valentina Caledina. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the future of audio content, listeners' preferences, and the winners of British Podcast Award, hopefully. In a few minutes, we will talk to radio futurologist, writer, consultant, public speaker, and managing editor of podnews.net, James Cridlin. It's going to be an exciting discussion. You can type your questions in the chat window and call in. But before we start the interview, let's look through some of the recent news in podcasting. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, guys. Welcome, everyone. Good to hear from you. Welcome, Omid, Hironaka, Kari. Welcome, anonymous users. Welcome, Simon, Sophie, Rene, Deborah, Amrita again, Janine, James, <laughs> John, Lily, Omid. Yeah. Hello everyone, Matthew. Hi everyone. Thanks for joining. You can type your questions or call in. Uh, today we're talking about podcasting. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, let's go through, let's look at some of the news of the week. One of the biggest podcasting hosting Lipsyn announced recently that Rob Greenlee, former VP of Podcaster Relations at Voxnet Spreaker and the 2017 Academy of Podcasters Hall of Fame inductee has joined the company as Vice President of Content and Partnerships. I wanted to share this news as we just had Rob Walsh here in Podbytes last week. So congrats to Lipsyn. Moving forward, Apple has removed the words listen on iTunes from their podcast page. They now use listen on Apple podcast. According to PodNews, this is the surest indicator that they plan to build an Apple podcast desktop app for the next iteration of Mac OS. One more. The BBC is changing to stay the same, and according to a speech by the Corporation's Director of Radio and Education, James Pernell, at the 2019 Radio Festival in London last week, part of that effort involved developing and 
public service algorithm to deliver users more varied recommendations in its BBC Sounds app, Reporting Hotbot. Last one, a new podcast newsletter has just been launched. It is called Fiction Podcast Weekly. It might be helpful for those who are involved into the world of audio fiction, audio drama and sound storytelling, reporting pod news. This sounds interesting and I will definitely subscribe to it. Now, some updates from CastBox. Recently, we found out that 23.18% of CastBox users in the US are using CastBox to learn a second language. I myself used CastBox to practice my French. CastBox has lots of content in more than 70 languages, so you can find almost all the languages you want. All right, now back to the interview. Welcome everyone. Thanks guys for joining. Hi Nikki, Thomas, Joshua, Caroline, Farabi, Joseph. Yeah, please type your questions or call in. We are live on Castbox now. This is Podbytes Talk Show. I'm Valentina Kalidina. Today I'm joined by James Cridland. James is a radio futurologist, a writer, consultant, and a public speaker on radio's future. He is managing editor of a daily podcast newsletter podnews.net, and he runs the media information website media.info. James has worked in radio since 1989 as an award-winning copywriter, presenter, and internet strategist. In 2001, he joined the original Virgin Radio in London, where he was digital media director, launching the world's first streaming radio smartphone app in 2005 and working on the station's podcast strategy. In 2007, he joined the BBC to work on the BBC iPlayer for radio, the one that later became the UK radio player. And after that, James has worked for a variety of media companies in Europe, North America, Asia and Australia. James writes a daily news email for the podcasting and on-demand industry, PodNews. Hi, James. Thank you Hi. for joining us today. Yeah, Hi. really good to be here. Great to be here. Great. Um, yeah, welcome, guys. Welcome, Mark, Baji, Jessica, Ichan, Caroline, Thomas, Nikki. Uh, let me know, guys, if you have questions. We're talking about podcasting and future of radio. And our we're joined today by James Cridland. My favorite quote of yours, James, is radio is a shared experience with human connection. Mm. <laughs> I really love it. Um, yes. I mean, I think I think we can we can very easily um, uh, assume that radio is just FM and AM, um, but actually it's so much more. And uh, and uh, yeah, so that that's certainly my definition of uh, radio, which are a shared experience with a human connection, um, and quite a lot of podcasts are just that way as well. Right. Uh, to begin with, let's talk about the future of radio. Uh, in 2017, you said the future is uh, nicely produced on demand. Later, at one of the conferences, you said that the future is both on-demand and live radio. So I suggest that we look at 10 years' perspective. Uh, how do you think the market will be changing during next 10 years? Well, I mean, I think um, when you, it's important just to remember that nine out of 10 people right now listen to the radio every single week. So radio is very, very large, um, far larger than uh, podcasting. So actually, when you look at um, when you look at uh, uh, at uh, radio, it is such a large 
uh, mass market uh, medium, uh, that actually it's unlikely to disappear anytime soon. So certainly in five or 10 years time, I'm sure that there'll still be an awful lot of people listening to the radio. But clearly one of the things that might change uh, radio's future is uh, things like podcasting, is on-demand content, um, and a good blurring between uh, live radio, which we're used to now, uh, and far more uh, on-demand, personalized uh, radio as well. So, you know, my, my suspicion is that we will see radio becoming much more multi-platform. We'll be using different devices to listen to radio, and radio will be partially live and partially on-demand as well. Let's focus on one particular aspect, uh, how the content creators should differentiate the content for on-demand and live. Well, I mean, um, I, it, it uh, you know, certainly live radio has certain benefits uh, to it, you know, and we are kind of doing live radio now. We, we happen not to be using FM or AM, but we can certainly see, you know, feedback from uh, a variety of people as we speak, which is a fantastic thing. Sorry, Farabi, that I can't speak in Bangla, you know. So, um, you know, so live radio is a really important thing, but also, um, but also actually looking at um, on-demand audio now. If you listen to the New York Times' daily podcast, for example, that is a really highly produced um, piece of on-demand audio, which is impossible to do live. Um, but you can produce some really nicely polished audio when you can post-produce, when you can edit that down. Um, and so my suspicion is that more listeners will get used to that type of uh, of audio, um, and they will come to expect that type of polished audio from everything, including live live radio. So we really need, I think, to you know up our game in radio if we're going to compete well with um, podcasting and and on demand content. Oh, that's interesting. So we need to polish our uh, podcast show more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Well, Usually a good idea. <laughs> yeah, cool. Thank you, Philip, for sending hearts. Thanks, Arjun. If you uh, follow the host, you will get notified every time when we start the show. So, yeah, please follow the host. And welcome, everyone. Welcome. Thanks for joining. In uh, your presentation, James, you talk a lot about the mar market data. Uh, all of them, all of this data, are really, all of the, your presentations are really insightful with deep analysis, uh, etc. Now we cannot show the pie chart or the graph, unfortunately, <laughs> but still I would like to talk about some data on how do people listen to podcasts. For example, when do they listen, what are the peak listening hours, and how often, and on which device. Yeah, I, I, I think we're certainly seeing a change as podcasting is becoming more um, mainstream. Uh, certainly podcasting now appears to be following uh, the type of uh, time uh, that you listen, you know, when you listen in the morning, when you listen during the day, it seems to now uh, be very similar to radio. Nowhere near in the same numbers yet, but you can clearly see that there's a peak at breakfast time. Um, there's a peak uh, after school finishes or after work finishes. You know, you can certainly see that there's quite a lot of that uh, going on. So from the point of view of um, when people listen, it's very similar to, uh, to, to a radio. So typically we'll listen um, in the morning to connect with other human beings. 
Um, the the main the main difference, I guess, is actually in in a very late night where podcasting seems to be more popular than radio is, um, which is a really interesting thing. And I wonder whether that's just people falling asleep to their favorite uh, podcast. Hopefully, nobody's falling asleep to this one. <laughs> um, but uh, but but uh, you know, certainly. Um, you know, it is very similar. It's also when you look at the US in particular, the type of people who are listening to podcasts are actually exactly the same type of people who live in the US. So there's the there's exactly the same split in terms of male and female. There's exactly the same split in terms of uh demographic information, uh, age, uh, and everything else. And I think that's very good news for podcasting because it really is showing now that it is becoming far more mainstream than it's ever been. Um, And, uh, you know, certainly you can see other countries, Canada, uh, Australia, or I'm talking to you from uh, today, uh, or the UK, you can certainly see um, those uh, those, uh, countries beginning to be more demographically um you know uh, uh relevant to the to to the whole uh country and i think you know again that's really good news um and in terms of uh, what devices people listen to um podcasts on it's mostly on mobile phones uh smart speakers really aren't anywhere in terms of podcast consumption um, so it is mostly on mobile phones, but there is still um, a significant amount, probably about 20% of uh, people who listen to podcasts on their um, on their laptop or on their desktop. So, um, you know, the, the, there is still a fair amount of, of that going on. But the mobile phone is, you know, clearly the important, um, uh, the important uh, device that we're all uh, tuning into podcasts on. Right. So you mentioned uh, peak listening hours, but how about the difference? Do you see uh, the difference between weekdays and weekends? And what's the differences? Yeah. And um, I mean, I think what what's happened now is many countries now have uh, daily news podcasts. And what that's doing is that that is changing people's habits. So um, you wake up to the same podcast, whether it's the New York Times is daily or the signal from the ABC in Australia uh, or one of the Guardian podcasts in the UK. It's setting that habit uh, going. So, so people end up listening to the same podcasts during the week. What overwhelmingly happens is people are discovering new podcasts to have a listen to over the weekend. And people are also finding new apps to download over the weekend. So actually, we're seeing, you know, the habit during the week of listening to podcasts that people know and love. And then over the weekend, that's the time when people are finding new podcasts to go and uh, uh, and uh, have a listen to. So if you are spending money on advertising your, your uh, podcast, do that over the weekend. Um, because that's when people are in are in that sort of frame of mind to actually find new things to go and and, uh, and uh, have a listen to. Yeah, that's interesting. So weekend seems the niche which is should be paid more attention to. Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, I think it's interesting just looking at the differences in terms of um, 
when people are you know uh, open to new ideas and new things to go and to, to go and uh, and uh, have a listen to and we've got so much data um that actually enables us to go and find out you know exactly when the optimum uh, time is and i think that's a a real advantage that we have that very few uh, media actually have access to so yeah i know it's an, it's an interesting uh, you know, interesting thing to uh, to bear in mind. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And the Castbox users are definitely more active during the weekdays. Um, Mark Lee is saying, I always have a podcast playing with the timer as I go to sleep. Yeah, so I think nowadays so much content available for going to sleep. Yeah, no, I think so. And there are a number of um, podcasts. There's one called Sleep With Me, which is, um, you know, deliberately made to help you fall asleep. Um, and there are a number of other ones as well. Um, and, uh, you know, one tip, by the way, never go up to a podcaster and say, I listen to your podcast. It helps me go to sleep. That, <laughs> that, that is a bad thing to say. <laughs> so don't go saying that. Um, but, you know, yeah, you, you know, I mean, I think I think what has worked in terms of uh, in terms of the radio industry is that we have always um, we've always had a habit of people li listening to us at certain times of of a day. It's very driven by habit, and I think we're beginning to see that in terms of podcasting as well. And certainly, I listen to the same. Uh, podcast on a Saturday afternoon. Um, you know, always I listen to particular podcasts at particular times of day, and I think, you know, that is certainly something that we'll that we'll see more of, and that's great news for, you know, how the industry will actually continue to to uh, grow. I think. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I think uh, our listeners. Uh, yeah, CJ is saying I've gotten that before. Hurts a little. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if CJ is a podcaster, he will know. <laughs> he will know that it's not great to be told, "I fall asleep listening to you." Um, but nevertheless, you know, it's it's uh, yeah, it's an important it's an important time of of a day, and it's interesting, you know, when you have a look at things like Netflix and and other um, TV apps. Uh, you know, again, a lot of people are using those at uh, ten o'clock at night, half past ten at night. Um, because actually, maybe that time just before we we uh, go to sleep is very uh, private time that we can actually uh, enjoy um, media that we really want to uh, you know to consume. So again, you know, it's a different. It, it's certainly a different uh, a different thing. Uh, welcome to those who just joined Farabi. Welcome Orlando. Uh, welcome. Thanks for joining. And um, we uh, just mentioned the um, different types of uh, content, and I would like to talk a little bit more about one specific thing. Uh, we have a lot of podcasters among Podbytes audience, and for them it would be interesting, I believe, to hear your advice on how to keep audience interested, because people normally listen to the episodes I mean, a lot of people listen to the episode for 15 minutes, and then if they are not interested, they switch to something else. So what would be your advice how to keep them tuning in for a longer time? Yeah, I mean, and I think, uh, you know, there's a um, there's a radio uh, talent coach called Valerie Geller, who is very good. You should seek out some of her videos on YouTube. But one of the things that she says is there's no such thing as too long, only too boring. 
Um, so actually focusing uh, on, uh, on you know, when you are producing a podcast, making sure that you edit it down, making sure that you get rid of the stuff that actually doesn't take the story further, that doesn't, um, you know, that isn't particularly interesting, and make sure that every minute matters. Uh, that's a really important, uh, an important thing. I think Roman Mars uh, said that if you have, um, if you have ten thousand people who consume your podcast and you edit one minute out of your podcast that wasn't very good, then you've actually saved ten thousand minutes in the world, and you are practically a superhero. Uh, and I really like that because he's absolutely true. So I think you know a lot of it is around uh, is around focusing on tight editing and making sure that you're respecting your audience's time. Another uh, another way of keeping audiences listening longer is to use some of the tricks that radio has used in the past. You know, making sure that you are flagging up what is going to happen. You know, later on, you know, later on, I'll be talking about monetization. So if you're interested in monetization, keep it here. But first, let's talk about blah blah blah. You know, so um, doing those sorts of uh, of uh, things has worked really well for radio over the last nearly 100 years. Mm. So there's no reason why, you know, we shouldn't be doing that sort of thing in terms of podcasting as well. Yeah. Um, welcome to our new listeners, Tiffany, Geoff, Lauren, Ivan, Shirley, podcastninja.net, uh, Olivia. And we've got a question from anonymous user. Speaking of Netflix, thoughts on the Netflix of podcast craze? Yeah, so there's been uh, there's been a bunch of uh, new um, podcast apps which have appeared, which have been focusing on subscription. So the Netflix of podcasting being uh, the way that Luminary has been talking about itself. So that's a subscription service which is available in a few countries: uh, the U.S., Canada, uh, the U.K., and uh, and Australia. And that um, allows you to pay money, uh, something like seven dollars ninety nine a month, and you get uh, a variety of premium podcasts with no advertising in them, but um, you know some some really interesting uh, podcasts. And I think you know the the benefit of podcasting so far, certainly outside of countries like uh, like like China, the benefit of podcasting has been that podcasts are free, and that podcasts are either advertising or uh, Patreon uh, funded. Um, and you know, and that's how podcasting has worked. But I think there there is, you know, an amount of people that are quite happy to pay some money to listen to uh, some of their favourite podcasts. Um, and certainly, L Luminary has come into the market and believes that that is the right way in the future. Um, you know, so it's interesting. It's interesting to see. I mean, only yesterday I noticed that um, they're beginning to send out emails to some of their first subscribers, giving them another couple of months for free, Right. Um, which either says that um, they want to, you know, pat their new subscribers on the back and say thank you very much, or it says that not enough people have actually... Uh, you know, have actually um, uh, put their hands in their pockets and are actually taking part in this. I don't know what the answer is there, but certainly, you know, it's it's certainly a very viable, um, you know, alternative to having 
you know, whatever it is at the beginning of the Joe Rogan podcast, seven minutes of Joe Rogan talking about, you know, US postage and and um, and ads for Blue Apron, you know, that's that's fine, but that's not necessarily the only way of actually funding how podcasting works. Um, I mean, in terms of whether Luminary is is um, uh, kind of shady uh, yeah, as a... As 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 uh, an anonymous listener is saying, hello, ID number one three five eight double five one eight. They certainly didn't understand the space when they first got into it, so they were doing some very strange, uh, strange things. I think um, the mistake that they made is that they actually um, got some really good people working on that product, um, and they were brilliant at. Um, getting a very clear brand uh, understanding. They were really good at, you know, the, the whole branding side, the whole app side, uh, you know, the um, talking to individual podcast um, uh, producers and getting some great content uh, for them. But what they were very poor at doing is actually they didn't actually have any podcast specialists. So they made some big mistakes when they originally launched. Um, they fixed pretty well all of those mistakes now. They're no longer you know, doing silly things with uh, show notes. Um, they're no longer doing weird things with proxy servers and everything else. So actually, you know, when Luminary came onto the scene, they didn't do a very good job of actually launching. But I think now they are acting far more like a, you know, a sensible part of the podcast industry. And I think that that's, um, that that's something to be applauded, you know, I think. So if yeah. you are a podcaster and you are... Um, uh, you know, make sure that you are on Luminary because who knows, that might deliver you more audience. And, you know, I would think twice before taking yourself off because I, I don't think that that, that, that that helps anyone really. Um, yeah, I mean, we're these days we're hearing a lot of critics and everyone is criticizing Luminary, but obviously there are different aspects of their business model. Yeah, and of course. And our uh, CJ is saying uh, also regarding Luminary, I as a user may only like one podcast within the paywall. So essentially I'm subsidizing all of the other content that I don't care about. It makes sense to pay more a la carte. Yeah, and I, I think I think that's certainly a valid, um, you know, a valid argument. It's certainly the argument that you have when you talk about cable TV. You know, I only watch one or two channels. Why should I pay for 20 or 30 of them? Um, and, uh, you know, and I think that that's certainly an argument. I think what Luminary uh, has to focus on is actually getting a large amount of premium podcasts that people would actually be keen to actually spend the, that, that uh, money on. And, you know, and I'm not necessarily sure that they've quite got there yet. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's certainly a fair thing to actually say if I could only pay $1 a month for the Russell Brand podcast instead of eight, you know, $8 for all of these other podcasts that I don't want to have a listen to, I think that, 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 that is absolutely fair. And it may well be something, who knows, that Luminary have a look at in the future. <laughs> Mark Lee is saying that's how people feel about HBO. Wouldn't be surprised if subscriptions drop significantly following the end of Game of Thrones. Well, yeah, I, I and I would agree. Um, uh, here in Australia, Game of Thrones was on Foxtel, and um, and and my my wife was very into Game of Thrones. 
Um, and uh, so we got Foxtel specifically so that we could watch the final series. Um, and uh, now we're probably going to cancel it. Um, and my oh. understanding, yeah, and my understanding is that, you know, I mean, it's $25 a month. And my understanding is that if you ring up and try canceling and say, I, we, we only got it for games of for Game of Thrones, then they actually turn around and, and say, well, why don't you have it for $10 a month instead of $25? Right. Um, that's what I've been told is going to happen. I intend to find out <laughs> later <laughs> on this afternoon. <laughs> Who knows? I like this advice. Hey, guys. You can try to bargain. Yes, yes, I think I think that's probably a good plan, and I'm sure that HBO will have exactly the same the same issue. Um, right. So yeah, you know, but uh, but I think it's it's um, you know I don't think it's a bad thing for the podcast industry to be looking at other ways of earning uh, of earning money. Um, you know, advertising is fine for certain people, not so fine for others. Um, uh, you know, payment by Patreon and that sort of thing is also is also fine, as is a subscription-based uh, service as well. And what I'm surprised at is that Apple haven't done that that sort of thing, because Apple already have uh, lots of people's uh, credit cards. Um, they can already deal with you know very small amounts of uh, of money. Wouldn't it be interesting if I could subscribe to my favorite podcast for you know a dollar a month or for fifty cents a month? You know, wouldn't that be an interesting uh, way forward? And an Apple, if no one else has the capability to turn that on tomorrow, if they wanted to. Um, so I'm surprised that Apple haven't done that. And, you know, who knows, perhaps that might be happening in the future. They certainly seem to be doubling down in some of the things that they're actually working on. So, you know, I think that that's, uh, that, that may be an interesting, uh, an interesting step. Who knows? Okay. So you advised me not to, not to do like that, but I'm going to say now that we are going to talk about monetization in a couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And Anybody now... would think I had the questions in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's important, uh, important uh, topic for all the podcasters. But uh, yeah. since uh, Game of Thrones just um, uh, just ended, and uh, I, I have to tell you that the most popular shows on livecast these days are all about game of thrones so ah, um, interesting. Yeah. i'm going to yeah take a question from joshua he's saying uh, did you regret getting it after the final episode of uh, game of thrones and I, in general what's your what's your impressions of the last season um, I have not watched an episode of Game of Thrones ever. Oh my God! So I can't, I, I can't speak with any authority uh, on that at all. Um, <laughs> okay. But what I think it does show is, you know, as we were talking about earlier, the change of media consumption. What I think it does show is that um, is that live TV certainly is something which is definitely changing very, very fast. And we are far more used now to on-demand TV. And the same will happen in terms of audio as well and is already happening in terms of podcasting. Um, so, uh, you, you know, so I mean, I think that there are lessons to be learned from that. But no, I've never watched an episode of Game of Thrones. I can't think of anything I would least like to do, to be honest. Okay, fine. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Uh, hey, guys, if you want to if you want to ask questions, you you just call in. Go ahead. If you have questions, you can type in the chat or call in. 
Okay, CJ, I think I'm going to take a call from CJ. Hello. Hey, Valentina. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Hi, CJ. Yeah. Hi. Uh, hi, James. Uh, uh, thank you so much for um, providing your insights. It's really great to hear your thoughts uh, about the industry and, and everything. So thank you, first of all. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so I, I have two questions, and I just wanted to get your thoughts. Um, one, kind of, where do you see the industry going? Um, I, I know there's been a lot of like booms in the past for podcasts, but it's always gone up and kind of come back down. Do you think we're in potentially another bubble at the current moment? Uh, that's my first question. And then the second question is actually more um, kind of the relationship between radio and podcasts. Do you yeah. think podcasts will eventually replace radio or is it more of a, a supplement to radio? Kind of how do you see the dynamics between the two? So those are my two questions. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, well, cool. Thank, thank you. you. And uh, where are you, CJ, by the way? Uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm in Beijing. Oh, very cool. Excellent. Um, so yeah, so is podcasting in a bubble? Um, I think that Rob Walsh would probably have said it was, uh, last week. Um, certainly from my point of view, um, I think there will always be an amount of people investing into this space and hoping to make a quick buck, uh, out of it. Um, my suspicion is that anyone who invests into podcasting will actually find that it's a long game, not a not a quick way of earning of earning cash. Um, certainly, what we've seen over the last uh, ten years or so, and I, um, you know, I was first involved in podcasting in January of two thousand five. Um, but what we've certainly seen over the last ten years or so is that podcasting has grown, but it's grown very. Hello. Big hockey stick, um, you know, uh, shapes graph, you know, appearing. Um, and that's something that, you know, investors will have to be paid and have to understand that actually the way that you change people's media consumption um, isn't uh, as intimate as uh, podcasting is, is actually being in this for the long haul. Um, so will that mean that you will see investors pulling out? Yes, probably. Um, but there again, we've seen that over the last couple of years anyway. We get rid of all of their podcasting uh, team at, uh, at uh, Audible. Uh, we saw Slate getting rid of all of their podcasting team. Um, and I'm sure that we will see more of that in the future. Um, what I suspect is going to happen in terms of investment in this space is that we will see more investment in the technical side of uh, podcasting um, than That's we have done so far. So what we've seen, you know, really so far is we've seen investment in terms of, uh, in terms of um, podcast uh, content creators, people like Gimlet, uh, and those sorts of and those sorts of uh, folk. I suspect that we will see now, um, you know, far more activity in podcast hosting companies. Um, Anchor is one of those who has done. Uh, very successfully, um, uh, you know, in terms of that. But my suspicion is when you have a look at, you know, Libsyn, you have a look at, um, at other companies like that, they're quite old-fashioned. Their user experience is quite um, 2007. 
Um, and I think um, there are a number of companies that could very easily come along and actually take a lot of that business away. And that's probably why um, the podcast industry has been less than complimentary about people like Anchor, because they are actually just scared that Anchor might might come along, who've really focused on the user experience, that Anchor might come along and actually make a decision um, you know, and actually take uh, a lot of their business away from the paid podcast hosts. So that's what I suspect is going to happen. Hmm, um, in terms of radio versus uh, podcasts, um, I, I uh, you know, I know that it's um, uh, I know that it's fashionable to always have an enemy, and I know that um, you know the first podcast conference that I went to, which was in June of two thousand and five, I was working for a radio station called Virgin Radio at the time. We'd run podcasting for six months. Um, and I went there and was shouted at by people who basically uh, were very unhappy that um, that the radio station was actually involved in podcasting at all. And oh, basically really? said, this isn't, this isn't your space. This is space for independent media companies, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I, um, I'm not sure that we need a conversation about whether podcasting versus radio and who's, who's going to win, because at the end of the day, great audio will always win. And how we deliver that audio um, is a, uh, you know, is a different conversation. But I think certainly when you look at, you know, great storytelling, that storytelling might happen on the radio, it might happen on podcasting, it, it will probably happen uh, on both. Um, and I think that that's a great thing for, uh, for, for uh, all of us. So, you know, where does, uh, where does podcasting fit in the future of radio? I think it's just, it's, it's all audio. And it's a great way of telling stories, connecting with human beings, engendering that shared experience and a shared experience in many parts of the world that we urgently need right now. Um, is I think a really good part of where podcasting and indeed radio is going. Right. Uh, yeah. Thanks uh, for this uh, very comprehensive answer, and thanks, CJ, for calling in. Uh, yeah. Thank. Uh, thank you very much for that, James. Uh, it was very insightful. Cool. Thank you. Okay. Uh, so moving forward, if you guys have any questions, please feel free to call in or type your questions in the chat. Mark Lee is asking, for all of the noise Spotify is making in the podcasting space, I'm surprised I don't see any podcast messaging on their homepage, which makes sense given that music is their core business. Do you think that will change anytime soon? Uh, yes, I do. And in fact, for some people, it's already changed. So for some people, um, Spotify is currently doing an A-B test, which um, is just testing whether or not new features work. And for some people, the front page uh, is uh, now split into music and podcasts. And that's the first thing that you actually see at the top of the front page. Um, what Spotify have also been testing over the last couple of days is adding podcasts to playlists, um, which is, I think, really exciting because for the first time we can now share a playlist of the episodes that we really like. Um, so that's prob prob probably a good thing, assuming that that actually happens. Um, and, you know, clearly what Spotify have noticed is when you look at the US, about 20, 25% of all listening is to speech. Uh, audio 
And so what Spotify have, have realized is, well, actually, we want to own that additional 20% so that we keep people in our app for longer and people are less likely to cancel their, their, their subscription. And, of course, they don't have to pay podcasters any money either. Um, so I suspect that we will see far more focus from uh, Spotify in terms of podcasting. They've also spent the last couple of weeks talking to them, the the musicians on their platform to um, about the benefits of uh, podcasting. They've launched a new uh, browser um, uh, browser based uh, audio editor called Soundtrap that allows you to make great sounding podcasts on any computer. Um, so I suspect that uh, you know Spotify is going to be the one to watch. Um, certainly, already they are the most popular podcast app in many many countries, particularly in Latin America, in parts of um, of uh, Europe as well. Um, so if Apple aren't sort of thinking heavily about what they should be doing, then you know then that would be a mistake, I think. Okay. Uh, thanks, guys, for your questions and welcome. I got I got ten bits of applause from Mark for that. So that yeah. Was nice. Thanks for your gifts and uh, <laughs> just feel free to send the gifts if if you want if you like the show and uh, yeah please follow the host so you will get notified when the show is on and uh, welcome to our new listeners Karen Queries Daniela Stacy. Linson, WT, Double, Trout Fox, Aldridge, uh, Terence, Justin, Terry, ShibiBD, Daniela, Lynn, and Marla, S. Reeves, Patty, Ortiz. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for your gifts today. Uh, moving forward, um, I wanted to talk about monetization because it's important for all the podcasters. Probably you can compare the willingness of people to pay for the content since you worked a lot in uh, many many different parts of the world and especially yeah. in europe um listeners from which countries are doing better job in paying for the radio or audiovisual content well i mean i think that's um it's an interesting question when you look at uh, many parts of europe for example there is a um a a, a fee that every household will pay for public uh, radio and public right. TV. So, you know, so for example, there's a fee of about 300 US dollars in the UK if you own a television. Uh, and that money goes to pay for um, most of what the the, the BBC uh, yeah, spends. That's so, why they're so well funded all the time. <laughs> yeah. So that's why they're, you know, um, that's why they do very well. They earn about another 20% on, on that on top from selling their, their, uh, their uh, programs and their shows um, uh, overseas as well. Uh, actually, if you live in Japan, then you pay even more, you know, N NHK, uh, earns uh, significant amounts from uh, every um, uh, from every Japanese uh, household, and that again goes into uh, funding their uh, their their TV uh, certainly and uh, possibly radio as well. So, you know, I mean, I think we're used in Europe to having to pay an amount of money um uh to uh into the public uh radio and public tv right. that's not something that we see very much happening in north america so particularly in uh the us um companies like npr 
earn their money a little bit in terms of advertising, uh, underwriting credits and those sorts of things, but also in terms of um, membership drives. So if you listen to a typical public radio station in the US, whether it's an NPR one or not, you will uh, occasionally hear a week-long thing where literally they are just asking for your money. Uh, and they're saying, you know, please give us your money so that we can carry on producing the great radio that we always have done. Um, that's something that people in the US are very uh, used to. And so therefore, things like Patreon and those sorts of services where you can support your favorite uh, podcast or your favorite uh, newsletter, podnews.net slash support, yeah. by the way, uh, you know, where you, where you can actually support some of those. That is um, something which um, people from the US are very comfortable with, um, completely understand. And, but that's also something that people from Europe find quite difficult to understand how this works and why should they be spending money and blah, blah, blah. So it's an interesting sort of difference, I think, in terms of um, in terms of our attitude to paying for uh, for for uh, uh, media. Uh, but certainly, you know, if you looked at um, Sword and Scale, which was a big uh, podcast until the, um, the the bloke that ran it went a little bit mad. Um, that podcast was apparently earning more than twenty thousand US dollars a month um, from uh, from uh, Patreon, from a you know a, a donation every single month from you know thousands of people. That's not bad. Um, yeah, which is a a a fantastic amount of um, of of uh, money and it was a great podcast as well you know obviously um and i think you know there is certainly a set of people who are far more happy to spend a small amount of money on those sorts of things than they are on uh you know the, 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 than they are to hear loads and loads of adverts um so you know that that's certainly one way of earning revenue another another way obviously is is advertising um, the thing that I think will change how advertising works in terms of podcasting is for more podcast hosts to help with uh, dynamically inserted advertising. Um, so I live in uh, Australia. I have no need for US postage. Um, and when a podcaster tries to tell me how exciting stamps.com is, yeah. I'm, I'm literally there going, why are you wasting my time telling me this? Because I, I, you know, why would I w ever want to buy U.S. stamps or to go to Blue Apron, who don't deliver uh, uh, here, or to go um, uh, and buy a mattress? Um, you know, all of these U.S.-only advertisers are pointless everywhere else in the world, in the other 179 countries mm. uh, in the world. And so actually, you know, to me, that's a massive wasted opportunity. And anything that we can do to actually... Uh, help podcasters earn revenue if they want to earn revenue from advertising, then actually earn revenue in a way that isn't just a complete pointless waste of time for 179 countries in the world, um, would I think be a very useful and uh, and uh, and uh, helpful thing. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, very interesting point. James, you are the main person behind PodNews newsletter that obviously we all read. Could you tell us a little bit more about it? How did you start it? Yeah, well, <laughs> um, so I started doing pod news. Um, I went to a radio conference actually about um, two and a half years ago, and I was talking to a number of people there. 
and they were saying there is nowhere to find daily news about the podcast industry. There's plenty of places to find daily news about the broadcast radio industry, but nowhere about podcasting. And, um, you know, the only newsletter at the time was um, a very lengthy one from Nick Kwa, uh, mm -hmm. which is a great newsletter, but it's very focused on one particular part of the industry. Um, and a lot of people were saying, you know, it's a real shame that there isn't something which is a bit more global uh, in in outlook that just covers all of the news in this particular, uh, you know, industry. So, um, so I sort of took that back with me and sort of had a think and had a play with how can I actually do something that, you know, that could actually answer some of that. Um, and so Pod News, um, I actually started doing it two years ago this week. Um, and, oh, wow. uh, and, uh, yeah, and yeah, so it comes out, nice. yeah, yeah, indeed. So it comes out every single day. Um, it's b b both available as a, as a podcast, but also as a newsletter and the podcast is fine, but the, the newsletter is better. Um, and, um, and it contains, you know, what I've always tried to end up doing is containing a lot of news that's very easily quick, uh, you know, easily scanned so you can instantly get up, get up to speed. Um, but also news that isn't just focused on the podcast industry in New York, but actually focuses on podcasting across the world. So actually finding out what's going on in Puerto Rico or finding out what's going on in Germany is just as important, actually, as finding out what's going on in Brooklyn. Um, and there are lots of people who will report quite happily on the podcasting industry in the, you know, in uh, New York, but rather less so, you know, elsewhere. So that's certainly something that I've been focusing on, uh, on, on, on uh, doing. Yeah. One of the, yeah. You know, I, I was just going to say one of the mistakes I made is that when I built the system that does the classified advertising in there, mm -hmm. I forgot to build in anything about public holidays. Um, so therefore, I can't actually take it, take any days off. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so every single day I have to put, uh, um, you know, I'll put uh, pod news um, together. <laughs> um, and uh, but, you know, I really enjoy doing it. It's a good uh, it's a good thing to do. Yeah. And thanks for doing that. Uh, we all really enjoy to follow that. Yeah, no, it's 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 great fun. It's just hit over eight thousand people who are getting it every single day. It's free, and and uh, you know anybody that's listening to this can also obviously get that as well. Um, but you know, knowing that actually it's there and it's doing a useful, you know, a useful job for you know over eight thousand um, readers every single day is a very useful, you know, it's a very nice nicer thing, and supported by an awful lot of. Uh, very good uh, companies, you know, whether it's um, the likes of, you know, large podcast hosts um, or podcast, uh, you know, app developers as well. So, you know, and CastBox is one of those. So, you know, so thank you for, for your support in actually, you know, allowing me to actually to, to actually do this every single day. <laughs> Great. Uh, uh, in one of your presentations, uh, which obviously I, I love to listen to your presentations because, uh, as I said before, they're so insightful. And in one of your presentations, you mentioned that only 19% of users think that it is easy to find the content they are interested in. 
So I suggest uh, to talk a little bit about discoverability because in CastBox we are spending so much efforts to improve it uh, with the recommendation algorithm, uh, deep in audio search and sections based on specific topics. So I believe it helps a lot to improve the discoverability in past few years. Uh, yeah. At least we can see that from the user's feedback. But uh, there are still so many people who are saying discoverability is an issue. So what do you think uh, are the main obstacles for them? Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence on this because um, I mean any great podcast app will have um, ways that you can find more podcasts that you might be interested in, and some of that might be personalized, some of that might be you know charts and that sort of thing. Um, the thing that will really help podcasting grow, though, isn't necessarily discoverability to people who are already listening to podcasts. But it's actually getting the people that aren't listening to podcasts um, listening. So, you know, you have a look at um, most most countries. Only uh, you know twenty percent or less of the population are listening to podcasts every week. What can we do there to get people li listening to podcasts more? To actually incorporate podcasts into their media consumption more. So from my point of view, it's less about a discoverability issue and it's more about telling the story about podcasting um, to, to everybody and to make it really easy to share podcasts as well. So, you know, one of the things that I sort of played around with on Pod News when I uh, started it is I suddenly realized I couldn't link to a podcast because mm -hmm. if I linked to a podcast, then I'd be linking to you know, a page on Apple Podcasts, and that's useless if you own an app, uh, an Android phone. And 80% of the world owns an Android phone and not an Apple phone. So I suddenly realized, wow, I, if, if I'm going to write about a podcast, I actually need to link to both Apple and to Google Podcasts as a bare minimum so that at least it will actually play on something. Um, but is there a better way that I could actually uh, do this? So I ended up writing um, uh, writing code which actually allows you to listen to a podcast on the web page, but also allows you to subscribe in a number of different, uh, you know, a number of different uh, uh, apps. Yeah, that's um, convenient. Yeah, so that you know, if you are um, if you are a fan of you know of Castbox, there is a button there for you to actually press, which will uh, open that podcast directly within within uh, Castbox. So, yeah. you know, and I think actually just the bare minimum of how do we share a podcast that's uh, that's an issue. Um, and literally uh, this morning, just before I came on, I was writing a bit of code. Uh, to allow me to share a specific episode because I really, again, want to be able to link to, uh, you know, episode number 50 of this particular podcast. Well, how do I do that um, when, uh, you know, half the world uses uh, um, iOS and half the world uses uh, Android phones? How can I actually uh, su successfully link to one specific episode? So, you know, doing that sort of thing and actually helping people who aren't podcast listeners um, discover podcasts is, I think, far more important than, you know, trying to get those people who are already listening to podcasts to listen to a few more. Awesome. I'm going to wrap up uh, the show very soon. And uh, thanks, uh, CJ and Joshua, for your comments and questions. Uh, 
I'm not going to read them because we uh, run out of time. And thanks everyone who just joined. Thanks and welcome Christy, Angelo, Dan, Jeff, William, Karen, Yichang. Before we wrap up, uh, I want to talk about British Podcast Awards that announced its winners just a few days ago. What are the podcasts that we need to pay attention to? Well, uh, and in fact, uh, it was an interesting weekend uh, last weekend because there was the British Podcast Awards and also the Australian Podcast Awards. Yeah. So it was nice to actually see, you know, a bunch of these of these podcast awards taking the podcast world, you know, really uh, seriously. The one that um, won most of the awards at the British Podcast Awards was uh, one uh, which I've not heard actually called um, uh, by um, somebody called George the Poet. Oh yeah, and, that's and amazing the is, Yeah, and the podcast is called Have You Heard George's Podcast? And the answer is no, I haven't, but, uh -huh. um, but I really ought to. Um, so I thought that that was that was interesting that it wasn't just an obvious podcast um that it was actually more than that it was a you know it was a podcast that i'd not actually heard um yeah, victorian but, style poet poetry yeah you know i mean you know i think that that's really interesting and thank heavens as well it wasn't a true crime podcast which ended up being number one because how many true crime podcasts can you possibly have a listen to um but you know having said that there were uh true crime podcasts that also won um uh case notes which is a uh podcast that a radio station puts together in the uk um you know there's a bunch of uh of um you know sport podcasts as well and all of that kind of uh, thing so and of course a podcast about brexit because Yeah. If you live in the UK, that's the only thing that anybody is actually talking about. Um, you know, so that was nice to end up seeing. And similarly, you know, nice from the Australian Podcast Awards to actually see, you know, again, a bunch of very varied uh, podcasts winning uh, awards. You know, everything from podcasts from the ABC, from the big uh, radio companies here, Uh, podcast from um, uh, newspapers. Um, there was a true crime podcast called Wrong Skin, which ended up winning uh, a number of different, uh, you know, awards in there. But also, you know, very, um, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, independent podcasts as well. You know, a podcast for teachers, uh, a podcast around gaming, a podcast around. Uh, you know, uh, theatre and all, all kinds of stuff. So I think, you know, there's a good sort of list of um, of, of great podcasts to go and uh, and uh, and uh, have a listen to. And the easiest way to find both of the, of the winners of both the British Podcast Awards and the Australian ones uh, is just to go to Pod News and um, and uh, search for either British Podcast Awards or Australian Podcast Awards, and you'll find them. Yeah, indeed. So if you guys haven't checked it out, just go to podnews.net and uh, you'll find all the information that you're interested in. Okay, uh, great. And that's a wrap for the show this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, you were listening to Podbytes. We were joined by radio futurologist James Gridland. James, thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you so much. Great, thanks. Next week, we will be on air, same time, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Our guest for the next week is Jessica Rhodes, who is a founder and co-owner of Interview Connections. I'll see you next week.